Coming to you live from my fortress of solitude, high above the Arctic Circle, it's the Dockiverse Podcast. Episode 119, The California Kid Drops a Dime. In this action-packed episode, we've got A Three Box Problem, Hex Crawl Part 5, and Commentary. And now, let's get on with the show. Hello there, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Doc Cross, and I hope you've all had a good week since the last time we got together. Here around, uh, things are, well, interesting. Our health is all pretty good, and the dogs are all fine, but the big news is I got an entire dump truck load of wood chips delivered to use in my garden. Now, these are free. It's a service called Chip Drop, and they hook you up with local arborists who are basically cutting up and grinding down trees, which they're doing a lot of around the Sacramento and Northern California area because the rains and a wind knock down a lot of trees. Normally, in the summertime, for instance, Chip Drop might take two or even three weeks to get chips to your house, and you don't know when they're going to arrive. They, they don't usually call or anything. I put in my request for Chip Drop, I think, at 11 o'clock in the morning, and at about 12.45, I get a text saying, hey, can I drop some chips off? And I say, sure. And uh, you can't specify quantity. You can't specify anything. You just get chips. There are small limbs and um, twigs and leaves and stuff in it, but it's free and it's not bad stuff. And then they came, and the guy driving the truck was not the best driver, so some of it did end up on my sidewalk instead of the spot next to the driveway where I told him to dump it. I mean, most of it's next to the driveway, but some of it's on the driveway, but anyway. So I've got a massive, massive amount of chips. I don't know, four tons maybe? Hard for me to say. Probably measures about 15 feet long by about 9, 10 feet wide, and it's probably 5.5 feet deep. So that's the big thing around my house. I am moving chips soon to places where they will cover the nasty, nasty grass and weeds along with cardboard. And then I can put my plant containers on top of them. And over the years, all those chips will, of course, turn into soil. So yeah, there's the big news, the big garden news. That's it. One thing that is also big news that I try to do and indeed manage to do every week is to thank my patrons over on Patreon. I'd like to do it right up at the front of the show so everybody can hear their names. They are wonderful folks. So thank you, Peter. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, David. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Marion. Thank you, Jame. Thank you, Bruce. And thank you, Avis. You guys are absolutely swell. I hope I see at least one or two of you at Dundercon in about a month. And now let's get on with the show. All right, folks, it is time for a three-box problem. And I got to say, when I pulled these three slips of paper out of the boxes, it made me wonder if I should keep doing this or what, because this is just whack. The three pieces of paper said, Drunken Gnomes, Fancy Food, and Rocket to Venus. And it's a good thing my brain is what it is, because I was able to put all this together. Or at least try. So you got a rocket going to Venus. 
Now, it's not an exploratory rocket like out of some 1950s science fiction or even some Victorian science fiction story. This is a cruise sort of rocket. It goes around a solar system and goes to various planets, and rich people can watch what they see out the windows, the sun getting closer, the planet Venus with all its clouds. Maybe it dives below the clouds and shows whatever you have on this particular planet Venus that you've created. Could be swamps, could be deserts, could just be the hot, miserable hellhole that Venus actually is. And obviously, there are non-human races in this world, this universe, because you have gnomes. And at the present time, on this rocket, the gnomes are drunk. Now, maybe they're just a little tipsy, maybe they are roaring, falling their ass drunk. Whatever the case, you've got drunken gnomes. And you have fancy food. So I'm figuring, hey, these gnomes are the serving staff and possibly bartenders. And if you've got fantasy races, obviously the chefs are all halflings or hobbits. And the gnomes are supposed to deliver this fancy food during the dinners and whatnot. And if it's back to cruise ship, they probably are delivering fancy food all the time because people on cruise ships eat all the time and there's lots of food and they drink all the time. So you got these gnomes mixing drinks, screwing things up, Spilling food, taking the wrong food to the wrong tables. This is just comedy gold, folks. And who knows, maybe the ship has wizards that can come along and fix up the gnomes' mistakes. Uh, maybe the gnomes all just get blind-ass drunk and have a party and eat all the fancy food. The rocket to Venus, maybe that has some problems and that causes you know hilarity and terror or whatever. And it's just a whole wacky situation and it would be very very fun to run as tune but i could see you running it even with dnd rules or any number of other systems just drunken gnomes fancy food rocket to venus so you can grab that and run with it and see what you come up with and as always if you actually ever run this i really want to know how it went and that's our three box problem for this time Next time, we'll have another one. All right, folks, it is time for commentary now. And the commentary today is all about what's been going on for the past two, three weeks, as I record this, in the world of gaming. And that would be Watsi fucking around with the open gaming license, which has been in place for what, 10, 20 years now, whatever. Um, it's been around for a long time. Many, many, many game companies in existence today built themselves on using the D&D 3 rule, three, uh, third edition rules, and making products and, and creating all sorts of things. This made money for uh, Watsi because people would buy more of their books and people would find out about D&D &D, and the more people found out about D&D &D, the more people played it and there was just a lot of stuff going on there were all sorts of independent uh, game designers that popped up and they used it for a while and went on to other stuff but there are a lot of people out there who use the OGL well a few weeks ago the Wizards of the Coast which we must remember is run by toy giant Hasbro 
Wizards of Coast comes along and says, you know, what we're going to do is change the OGL and make the other one non-existent. We're going to wipe it out. We're going to void it. And nobody thought they could do that, but apparently the wording was just proper enough that they could. And I don't know what Watsy was thinking, besides maybe the fact that, hey, let's go out and punch ourselves in the dick a few times with the public, because that's what happened. There was just this humongous, and it's still going on, humongous uproar, uh, people dumping D&D Beyond uh, memberships and subscriptions, people swearing never to buy another Wizards of the Coast product. You have various companies coming out with their own open gaming licenses, which will be perpetual and irrevocable, and or non-irrevocable. And uh, uh, you have Creative Commons licenses. You have people building new systems from the ground up that they're just going to toss out there. Uh, all of that is a huge rebellion. Uh, Wizards just had this terrible, terrible bunch of things that they were going to do. Then they tried to backtrack and say, ah, you know, no, we really weren't going to do that, blah, blah, blah. But they sent out an early draft of the new OGL, which contains sweetheart deals if people wanted to sign up for them, companies wanted to sign up, and a lot of the companies were looking at it saying, nah, this ain't quite the sweetheart deal that we thought it was going to be. It was just, it was terrible. On top of that, the new person running Wizards of the Coast used to run Hasbro, and she is now trying to monetize D&D in such a way as to make it very much like online computer role-playing games. Not how it's done, but she wants to make sure you have to use the D&D Beyond to make your characters. I mean, if you do it any other way, blah, blah, blah. There's going to be a virtual tabletop, and you'll have to pay a subscription. They want a subscription of 30 bucks a month. This is fucking insane. People don't pay 30 bucks a month for important computer programs and important subscriptions to important stuff they need to do. You know, if they were asking five bucks a month, yeah, they get a lot of people to pay that. Hell, I'd pay that, except that they expect you to buy the same book for the same price online. So now you have a hardcover and an online book. That's why I never used D&D Beyond. Anyway, it's just a humongous, humongous clusterfuck. And what it boils down to is it's going to change the face of gaming. It's going to drive a lot of people away from Wizards of the Coast. They are going to have to do, I'm serious, they'll have to do a decade or more of apologizing and and keeping their nose clean and not trying to fuck anybody over. I would not be surprised because this will eventually affect their stock. I would not be surprised if um, Hasbro doesn't spin them off as a separate company and then maybe let people, because people at the Wizards, I'm sorry if I'm, jumping around here folks but people at wizards of the coast didn't like this idea killing the ogl whatnot but before we blame everything on the current management let's go all the way back to the formation of the online gaming license with third edition ryan dancy was in charge of that and his stated goals towards the uh formation of this in 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 an interview or a, a email i'm not sure what it was he said that the goal is to get other people to do watsi's work by coming out with adventures source books blah 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 and we all know that went completely wild because you could buy tons and tons of stuff then 
and to make D&D sort of the on the only game people would play. So newbies would come in and they'd buy D&D and they'd see all this D&D stuff and they'd buy it and they'd be financially invested and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, D&D would rule them all and not have to do a lot of work selling their own adventures and stuff because adventures and some source books don't sell. Core books sell and they keep selling. But the rest of it, who buys adventures? Dungeon masters, not the players. And there's only one dungeon master for every four, five, six players. So, you know, there's your there's your profit right there. If you got a million people, 600,000 of them probably aren't playing, planning on uh, buying your books and your adventures. So, yeah, he was behind that. And I know a lot of people in the gaming industry who have less than kind thoughts for Ryan Dancy. And then, of course, they fucked up with 3.5. They fucked up with 4th edition. And a lot of shit happened. And uh, they came out with 5th edition. They said, look, you know, here you go. Everybody, it's the same. You know, you can do this. You can do that. And so it was for, what, 10 years, whatever long, length of time it's been. And now they've got this total PR nightmare. And they've got people pissed off. And they're, they did something that I didn't think they could do. They have actually increased their amount of competition by fucking up their OGL. Now anyway, folks, I don't know where this is going. Much smarter people in the industry and the hobby have talked about it. Um, there's a lot going on. Maybe we'll come back and talk about this six months from now or so when Gen Con's about to happen, or maybe even after Gen Con happens, and I've found out what exactly is going on there. But, uh, yeah, big clusterfuck, revolution in the gaming industry, revolution in, you know, the gaming hobby. Although, let's be fair, a lot of the people that are playing D&D 5e have no idea what's going on in the industry, and most of them don't know what the fucking OGL is to begin with. On the other hand, if this affects streaming and online programs and cartoon shows and whatever, then those young people, they're going to take notice. So we will see what happens. We'll come back and cover this at some future date. But right now, that was my excessively long and rambling rant about the online gaming license. Gentle listeners, it is now time for part five of our hex crawl, or I should call it our hexless hex crawl because I didn't put in hexes, but same thing. And this time, our travelers have traveled for several days, and at some point you should put in something that delays them for a day or so. And they come to an enormous lake, actually almost an inland sea because this thing is many miles across. And they come to the country of Abronia. And Abronia is your standard fantasy kingdom. The people live fairly close to the lake. There are not a lot of farms and stuff spread out very far away. There are four, one major city and three big towns. And to get across the lake, there's a ferry you can take, or you can go around it, however your players want to do it. I've made the line go across the lake, but they don't have to follow that. The important thing is that the country, a little more than halfway across the lake, known as Delnar, is not at all friendly with Abronia. 
These two countries were founded by people in the same family, brother, sister, two brothers, whatever's up to you, and they don't like each other. And you will notice the line going across. That's the, the dark line. That's the borderline. You'll notice that each end of it has a tower on either side. Those are the watchtowers. Anyone from Del Nar comes across, they're going to get questioned and possibly, you know, tossed back over the line. Uh, Del Nar is not quite as populated as Abronia, but their main city is bigger. Oddly, these two countries have to trade back and forth. So they will send ships and boats out to the middle of the lake where all the trading is done there under heavy guard. And that's, you know, just how that goes. And into all this discomfort and political bullshit come your players. And as they reach the main city of Abronia, they will find out from various people asking them questions and whatnot that the guy they're chasing was in the city and he met with a couple of wise men and he met with a wizard and then he was gone. And it should be noted that he owes everybody he did any business with money because the money he gave them turned out to be fake. It vanished after 24 hours. This guy has been out of the city for now about two days. So he's two days ahead of your, your NPCs. And he was headed, as far as anybody knows, straight over to Delnar, to their main city. So your players can, if they're on horseback or if they're walking or whatever, they can circle around the lake to Delnar. They will have to go through a whole lot of questions and a whole lot of pat-downs and all their shit will be inspected and everything. But they will obviously be foreigners, so it won't be as bad as if somebody from Abronia tried to get into Delnar or vice versa. But it should take some time. It should take at least a couple of hours. When they get to the main city in Delnar, they will find out that this guy did the same thing there. He talked to some sages. He talked to a wizard. He talked to, you know, people that knew stuff. And he was gone. And the money he left was fake. So that's what you have going on there. The Abronians and Adelnars, they might try to get your people to spy for them, saying, look, you know, you go over there, you learn a few things, or the people of Delnar might say, tell us a few things about Abronia, we'll let you go, you know, whatever the case. The Abronians will probably send them with something so they can communicate back, and the Delnars will just ask them what they saw while they were in Abronia. Now, whether they saw anything important or interesting or even out of the ordinary in either of these countries, that's entirely up to you, GMs. You can figure it out however you want. But maybe you can give them a little interesting information, and that might even get them a little coin or even a you know, little gadget or maybe even a tracker to go along with them and help them for a ways. But there you go. That's part five. The picture's up on the website, and have fun with it, and let me know if you run it. Well, by golly, we have reached the end of today's program, which I apologize if I sound a bit rushed, 
but I'm trying to get it done before the noise starts back up in my house because Grace is going to come home and the dogs are going to go nuts. But thank you for listening today, folks. If you have any suggestions, comments, or questions, I can be reached on Facebook, where I'm Doc Cross, on WordPress at the Docverse blog, on Mastodon, where I am indeed still Doc Cross, via email at agentroscoe at gmail.com. If you are listening via Anchor, you can leave a voicemail there. And you patrons can leave me a message on my Patreon page, and I will get it because they'll send me a text. If you'd like to support me via Patreon and hear these podcasts two months before they go up on Anchor, go to www.patreon.com forward slash Doc Cross. Sign up for a little as a buck a month. Sign up for, you know, a million dollars a month. I only need one person to sign up for a million dollars a month, and I only need them to do it for one month. But thank you if more of you do it. For one-time or occasional donations, Go to my Ko-fi, or Ko-fi, however you want to pronounce it, page, that's K-O-F-I, at DocCross4591. That's the name I used there because apparently there were 4,590 Doc Crosses before me. And you can pledge whatever you want. And you can do it once, or you can do it ten times, or however you want. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast or advertise on it, get in touch with me by any of the methods I just mentioned, and I will certainly bend over backwards to try and accommodate you. Our music was Adventure Theme by Sir Cubworth off of the YouTube Audio Library. This podcast and everything on it, except the music, is copyright 2023 by Doc Cross. I'll see you all next week. Live long and prosper.